Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Phil Davis, Chief Business Officer of At Data. How you doing today, Phil? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for spending some time with us on Business Ninjas. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and about At Data. Absolutely, sure. So again, Phil Davis, I'm our Chief Business Officer at Data. I've been with our organization for about nine years. Um, we recently, well, last year, rebranded as at Data. So we completed a merger with a company called Fresh Address. So it was Tower Data and Fresh Address merged. And uh, and rebranded as at Data. I joined the Tower organization nine years ago when they acquired the company I was CEO of. I previously was CEO of uh, Rapleaf. And, um, and then prior to that, I was president of a, of a digital agency. Um, and that goes back about 20 years of, of my experience. Excellent. And, um, yeah, tell us, tell us a little about uh, at data. What's the origin story of the company and what do you do? Yeah, well, let me start with what we do and I'll go backwards. So from, uh, from a, what we do is, is we provide our clients with email address intelligence to help them get more out of their first party data, right? So in that data, we get, we're here to help our companies scale their marketing efforts, minimize their risk and improve their bottom line. And we do that all by ensuring that the data they collect is accurate, complete and connected. So that's where we stand, you know, in terms of like our story and how we came to be. Um, what's interesting is there's a number of companies that kind of came together to form today's at data. Um, but all of us, uh, fresh address CEO and founding team, the tower data CEO and founding team rapidly for that matter. We all started with a simple premise that the center of the, the center of the digital identity is the email address. And then based on that central premise, we began to build solutions to help digital and email marketers do their job better and more effectively. And so for me, it was, you know, I had an agency, did a lot of emailing for my clients. It was always about solutions I wish I had back then, right? And and then as we've evolved and the industry's evolved and MarTech's evolved, we've added and sprinkled in additional solutions to help our clients. Hey, you can't forget that the email address is that first piece of connective tissue and you have to have great clean data right there and extrapolate outwards from there. So you are, you are speaking an important language in 2023. Um, Absolutely. And how can the data that you guys capture help companies know their customers better? Yeah, well, if you think about it, over time, customers are demanding a frictionless experience as they begin their journey, right? They don't want to be asked 37 questions. They're often on a, on a mobile device where the screen doesn't even give them that much room. And so really at the end of the day, the brand is trying to make a purchase and collect the email address. And often the first interaction with a consumer is going to be a purchase. It could be a download of an app, a request for information. And all of that is completed with an email address. So a client captures an email address and what do they want to do? They want to turn this prospect or first-time customer into a loyal fan, right? And in order, to, in order to do that, they want to engage with them better. They want to delight them. 
they want to have interactions with that. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take that first party data they collect, which is just that email address, and we're going to start by making sure it's clean, right? If it isn't deliverable, if it's bad data, or if it comes from a fraudster, that's all a problem. And so the first thing we're going to do is look at that email address and validate that email, make sure it's deliverable. The second thing we might do for a client is take a further analysis of that email address and make sure it's not coming from someone who wants to commit fraud, right? Then we're going to look at data holes, right? So someone comes to the website, there's some behavior they're able to identify. They could tell what product they were looking at, right? They can tell how much time they might've spent, what they might've read. And that's all interesting and really useful, but we provide household and demographic data tied to the user behind that email address so they could contextualize the behavior and better understand someone's motivation, not for their existing action, but how they might be predicted to, to behave going forward, right? And then the last thing we're going to do is complete and connect it across channels, right? So we could connect your offline channels to your online channels to your mobile channels. Right. And it's really important because the consumer journey isn't single channel. The consumer journey goes across all channels. So should your data. Absolutely. And, and, and where does this data fit in in that customer's journey? Yeah. So if you think about the, the best place for it to fit in for much of what we offer, and we do have some re-engagement tools that we'll get to later, is the, 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 the point in which the data is acquired, that moment of truth, right? So it's coming, it's, it's coming into their CRM. At the point of coming in, that's the time to clean it, complete it, and connect it, right? So early on in the journey, so that they can enable it and take action on that data, right, throughout other areas and opportunities in the journey. Okay. And, and, and what makes your data stand out from your competition? Yeah. So a, a number of things from a, like we, you almost have to break down the services because what's unique about us is we do a number of things that our competition might do one or the other, a few point solutions. What's unique is through a single API call, you could access everything I just described. Right. And so from a, from number one, just the, the sheer ease of one integration. That's really important. The other thing is we were built, when we think about identity, we were built for digital. And many of the players in that space were not. They were built for the direct mail world, the postal world, and they do things in batches. We provide our data in real time, right? So we could actually help our clients turn on real-time real decisioning. So those are a couple of things that are very different. Then there's, you know, other, other elements of data that's important, accuracy, you know, for email tied to just an email address only, we're exceptionally accurate. We are not perfect, but we're exceptionally accurate and we will help you move your needle. And then when you, when you think about just straight email validation, three great email validation companies came together to format data and we are continually to, we're, we're, we keep moving the needle and making that product better, right? So we have unbelievable IP expertise, tremendous worldwide domain expertise. We have data science that sits in there. And so when you 
when you get an email validated, you're generally looking for a yes or a no. What you're really going to get is a yes, no, and a maybe, right? And you want less maybes. With our technology and our data science, we are able to give you less maybes, more yeses or nos. And so that's real value. Ambiguous is a dangerous word in a digital age, right? We talk ones and zeros. Uh, maybe doesn't doesn't account for much. So, sure. What sort of companies are you working with? What verticals are you servicing? You know, what's really interesting is we help anybody who collects an email address. So, um, all of our services are generally focused on B two C companies. So, companies that are marketing consumers. When it comes to validation, we have domain expertise from a B2B. And so we have a number of large B2B companies that use us. But when you think about all the services, our ideal customer is is a is a brand that's marketing to consumers that collects an email um, online and that's trying to drive a revenue stream from through their website and their email program. And so it's very broad from a retail from a from a vertical perspective. A lot of retail, retail, hospitality, fair amount of nonprofit and political for that matter. Okay. And so, um, you know, it's it's impressively broad from that perspective, but the the core, you know, makeup are big broad enterprise brands that fit into those verticals. Are you are you at liberty to to share any cases to illustrate? how brands are using your data? Yeah, sure. Let me let me share use cases. Um, you know, so our clients protect their their um, privacy. And so we try to respect that. But let me give you a couple of use cases. Let's let's start with identity and understanding more about the user behind the email address. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we have and I'm going to go with the most simple use case because I love simple. Right. We have some clients who take our data, feed it into an AI engine. And from that, you know, they make decisions on on which drip and what image goes in. Mm-hmm. But I want to give you a super simple one that only requires a little spreadsheet, and that's about it. And that is a women's retailer that I met with. And I went into the team, I was in their office, and they shared with me that their email program tends to only work with young women, which is not consistent with the industry data on email. And so it lended a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. said, let me see, talk to me about your program. Let me see what your copy looks like. How are you, what's your images? What's, what is, what are you typically doing? And I learned a lot quickly. They were sending the same email to everyone in their database and they made a few changes, send it up another email every single day. So from a frequency perspective, they were insane every day, no matter what everybody got an email. But from a content perspective, they treated everyone the same. And what's interesting is that the image. So this was a, a, a women's clothing that generally you would shop at, women would shop at when they were looking for clothes for work. Okay. And, and generally women of all ages. They're, they're, every one of the images they used were models who were 19 to 22 years old who were size zeros and who looked incredibly young in their clothes and sm- and, 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 and looked, they were very small women. And so, you know, I 
began to ask them, like, do you believe that, you know, when you when someone opened the image, the, the email, the image was a predominant, took up a lot of the real estate, right? Mm -hmm. I said, what do you think, how much time do you think somebody has when they look at that image to make a decision whether they want to even look further? It's, it's, it's seconds, nanoseconds even. Sure. And so we started, I started with the hypothesis that that image is not speaking to a number, to their audience. And they didn't disagree, and we we appended age range to their data by email. So they gave me the email address, and I gave them age range. And they segmented their list based on age range. They then used images, because they had other models, and they have they do runway shows. They have a lot of other um, images they could use. And they began to use age-appropriate images associated with the age ranges, just that alone, nothing else changed, and they had a significant. And, and I mean, when you when you talk in terms of ROI, that it, it, they were doing so poor in some areas that it you know it's awkward to say that there's a six thousand percent increase in conversion, but there was because it was a drastic improvement. Six thousand. It worked for certain segments, absolutely, and and a, and more importantly, a paradigm shift for their team. Sure, right. And I think I think that was probably equally important, um, but a super simple solution, right? You know, um, I think another interesting case is we think about card abandonment, right? Okay, someone comes to your website, they go through um, a number of pages, they put something in the cart, and then they leave. Mm -hmm. We've got a lot of great behavioral data on that individual, right? But when you can marry that with just a few fields, and there's seven fields that are universally useful. Maybe not all seven in every case, but some of these seven, and it's age, gender, location, marital status, presence of children, homeowner status, and income. And if I, if I marry those fields with purchase and behavioral data, I can learn a lot that could allow me to do a much better job of speaking to that. And so... In, in, um, in these cases where, you know, we were able to help, um, our brand get a much better message. And so let's think about card abandoned again, right? So you're a, a travel company and we work with a number of travel companies and you're looking at a vacation in New York, you get as far as the card and now you abandon it. Right. Well, we can't treat everybody the same way when you try to bring them back. Right. And so again, images, right. I, I, if I'm that user and you use my demographics and, and my, um, uh, age range, my, the fact that I don't have children in the home anymore, I'm married, like speak to me differently than a 25-year-old who's single, lower income. We're both interested in that same trip to New York. We, But there's different reasons you're going to get me back into the inbox and use that data to increase your conversions. Absolutely. Is is there an AI component to your, to your data? So there's not. We feed data to clients who use their email service provider, their, their marketing automation machine. So if you think about Salesforce, they could feed the data to Einstein. Mm -hmm. So 
there isn't. We, we're, we're experts at the data and moving it really fast so that you could turn on the tools that you've probably already paid for. Gotcha. And, and in terms of those tools, what, what resources do your clients need to access your data and to engage with it? So, it, so it's very little. We have a platform we call it Instant Data. And you create a login. And once you have an account, if you want to work in a batch environment, let's just say I've got 100,000 emails and I want to make sure they're clean. It's just like connecting a file you know, to, to an email address. It's super easy. You create your clown, you click and post, drop the file in. It'll it'll run back, give you a give you a rate, you agree, you pay, and it comes back to you. And that's super easy. If you want to use an A or APIs, which is generally what you should do for real time, it requires a little bit of engineering from your team because you need to tie in the data feed into the right bus. Sure. And what support do, do you provide for your clients? Yeah, and so um, one of the things that's interesting is, is, is our instant data platform is pretty user-friendly, but we pride ourselves in giving great customer service. And so when you're one of our clients, when you initiate the relationship or you get a welcome package, someone from our customer support team is going to introduce themselves, a person with a real name. And that's that person's there to help you through your onboarding process. And we're going to help you all the way through the process um, so we can make it as easy as possible. Once you're set up, we set up a quarterly call with each of our customers to do a quarterly business review so we can understand how are they best using it and we could share tips and opportunities for them to, you know, have best practices. So again, we believe in, in you know, giving someone a white glove treatment experience and frankly, there's nothing more enjoyable in our jobs than talking to our customers about how they're using our services. I, I repeat, there are human beings at the end of all of these food chains, and when they are treated as such, you know, things tend to move forward in a positive way rather than just being a line item on a spreadsheet, right? So I, I applaud Absolutely. you. Tell me, it, it's 2023. It's the year of having to tell your story to, to connect with potential clients. What what role has content played in the growth of ad data? So, you know, it's interesting. You know, we just went through a rebrand, right? And so we had to reintroduce our stuff to everybody. And um, I think, you know, there's a few places where content's been, been important. Um, one thing is we do a, we don't have a fair amount of trade shows. And so as you prepare for a trade show, there's kind of an art to that preparation, right? Like, it isn't just the trade show. It's getting understanding who the audience is going to be and then getting the right content in front of those people well in advance of this show, right? And then keeping the right content, getting to, the, getting to that audience after the show. And so, you know, content is super, is really important there. Over the years, I've seen a lot of change in our content strategy and, and generally the, in the B2B industry as a whole, you know, I think 10 years ago, it was, you know, very formula. There's a formula of like how many social posts every day, every week, how many blog posts, how many times you tried to do a webinar, right? How many white papers each quarter, how many, and, and it was, it was produce a lot of content. And I think we have evolved to try to produce less, but produce better content. 
and um i think there's a there's an interesting balance between the two um but obviously in everybody's marketing plan content is a is a real important the question is how important is the role of video and we're really you know experimenting and learning more about how to use video better hey as a as a consumer it is very important for a uh, a company to get that balance between volume and quality of content in terms of blasting my email box every day you know if you get an email from a company every single day there is a point at which you just numb out and you're not really looking at it anymore so that that balance between quantity and quality is everything and and i would think your data is in invaluable to your your clients in that context well where it's really invaluable is that we have email signals of a, a service about the email signals we understand which emails are more likely to get open clicked activity visit a website versus the other email so we could actually help a client find the high value emails in their own database which are more willing to take offers on a more frequent basis right so you know, you need to be manage your frequency based on the loyalty of that client and how their email responds. So I have a few brands that I'm very comfortable getting the email pretty often. I'm very loyal to just, a, I'm loyal to a few brands. I'm not a big, I'm not a huge consumer, which is interesting, but I'm very loyal to a few brands and they could, they could email me fairly often and others I'm, I'm less interested in. I feel the exact same way. Switch gears completely. Fast forward yep. a year from today, what's something you'd like to be celebrating personally and professionally? You know, it's interesting. Celebrations are so fascinating, right? When you think about the things we choose to celebrate. So earlier in my career, if you asked me that, I would talk about hitting quotas, making numbers, making, you know, but you know what? I always, we do hit quotas and we make our numbers. And at the end of the day, you know what happens after you hit your quota and you make your number? It's a new year, and and it, that quote is the old news. So what I have chosen to celebrate is not the activity, but the, the relationships that I build along the way and the people who help us reach those numbers. And so, you know, I would like to see the team, which is adjusted to working in a more remote environment, continue to find ways to stay close and connected, like, if we could keep that going, that's a huge reason to celebrate. I'd like to continue to, you know, hear from my client that we made a difference, right? And so I don't need to wait a year to celebrate. I want to celebrate each one of those moments because those are so, you know, they're just valuable and they feel great. But I think, again, my answers change as I've gotten older, but it's really celebrating the people that you're getting the opportunity to work with at work with and for every day. Absolutely. I, I'm a true believer that if you take care of the relationships, the numbers and the goals and the quotas all take care of themselves. And that if you put those numbers at the forefront of your mind, those relationships can fall by the wayside or, or suffer. I, I, well, you certainly have to find the right balance. It's, it's being clear and concise about your, your joint objectives. And then, you know, when you're in leadership role, Anyone's failing you, the first thing you should figure out is like, how did I fail them? Or even my clients, if they did, if something didn't go right, like, 
first figure out what I might have done to fail them and figure out how I could not fail them again and make it better. And so iterate and optimize all that you do, not just your marketing campaigns. Uh, absolutely. Here, here, sir. Please tell us what's your URL, how people can find at data and what social media channels you're using these days. Yeah. So at data.com is atdata.com. Um, and then from a social media, uh, you can find us on LinkedIn is probably our most active business engagement opportunity. We're also on Facebook. We have a YouTube channel. Uh, um, and then a little, there's a little Instagram, and we have not figured out TikTok or Twitter yet, um, honestly. Um, but that's okay. I think, you know, it's what's interesting you bring in social media, we talk about video. It's trying to figure out how long is an appropriate social media video these days. I remember years ago, we're like, get it down to two minutes. No one could watch anything for two minutes anymore in it, in a, right? So I think 30 seconds is even too long. And so the question is like, how can we make meaningful statements in about 10 seconds using these platforms? And I, I'm not sure that we're, we're, we're good enough yet. So we'll iterate and optimize and get better. Excellent. Phil Davis of At Data, thank you for spending some time with us today on Business Ninjas. I appreciate what you do. I wish you and yours and At Data all the best in the future. Well, thank you so much for having me. Really nice chatting. Hey. Are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io, W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E.io, and schedule a time to meet with us, and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.